Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your vision for each and every one of us, God. We thank you for the good things that you have in store for each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, God, that you are blessing them and that you are increasing them lord and that they're experiencing an overflow of your spirit lord and an overflow of all that you have for them all the good things that you have for them lord we thank you for all that you're doing in this nation lord that you're restoring it and that you're bringing it into the right relationship with you lord and we just thank you for all that you have done for us lord that you're going to do we look forward to it in anticipation lord and we celebrate and rejoice before you because of it god in jesus name amen 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 well good morning and welcome everyone we are glad to have you with us and we are glad that we are get or we get to continue studying the word together we are still in acts and we're still in chapter 10 covering verses 1 through 23 so if you could grab your bible and i recommend that you pause it at this time and give yourself a moment to read through that section of scripture in order to follow along with the discussion and the study. And for the rest of us, we now are going to continue to discuss the word. The floor is open to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you might have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. I just have a few observations that I'd like to make um, about Cornelius and the first was that he was a devout man and he feared God with all his household so it wasn't just that um, Cornelius was like the lone wolf if you will the only one trusting and believing with God but everyone in his household had a relationship with God and trusted God for themselves and heard for themselves not that they were withholding any wisdom per se from each other but they know they knew how to seek God for themselves and they were practicing that before you know Peter had come and formally you know um, let them do the sinner's prayer if you will and baptize them later in the chapter and the second um, observation that I'd like to make about Cornelius is that he gave alms generously to the people he wasn't a penny pinching Ebenezer Scrooge he wasn't saying, oh, Lord, I can only give you the 10% that you asked for. But he went above and beyond. He gave generously. He didn't skip and shortchange God or anybody else in his interactions with them. And that's a something that I see today, like especially in American culture, we want to get by with the we want to provide a service but for the lowest cost to ourselves not provide excellence for the customer not provide excellence for whoever we're interacting with it's how can i get the most bang for my buck how can i cheat you know if you will um jip the system so that i can get the the max and the most amount for my advantage and for my benefit versus looking out for everybody else and making it good for all who's involved uh 
business, if you will, if you're looking at that um, coin of it. So I, I thought it was, I appreciated Cornelius's actions and behavior, and he wasn't following in the traditional mindset of, of that time era, as in the Romans were just cruel. They never cared about anybody. They thought only of themselves. And here we see um, a centurion, which is one over 100, and an Italian regiment, and he's giving to God's people. He's blessing them, which is what God had already said to Abraham. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. So we see Cornelius falling into that category of blessing the people of Israel. And that's something that we should continue to do today. Unfortunately, that's not something America does as a whole, but there are the few that continue to follow that practice. And there is a reward for that. Not that we're looking for the reward itself, but we want to do God's will and we want to bless God because that's truly what this is about. A blessing to the Lord, not a blessing to ourselves. Hmm. Okay. But didn't Cornelius, well, it seems to me, because the scriptures don't say, but just the way the whole thing unfolds, it seems to me that Cornelius took responsibility for his household and their spiritual well-being. Amen. And yes. he was obedient to the Lord when the Lord directed him for the benefit of his entire household. Exactly. So, so what do we see in that? And from, uh, I'll say, the beginning of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 10. He's a man of faith, right? Yes. He knew the Lord. Uh, right? Let's, let, well, I'll say, for lack of a better way, better way to phrase it, What's the comparison between him and Paul? Now, Paul knew who the Lord was, but what was his question when he was, uh, as, as was said, knocked off his high horse? Who are, are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? What was Cornelius's response? What is it, Lord? Okay. Denoting what? That he, he was familiar with the Lord. And he had a relationship with the Lord. Right? Yes. yes. Where, well, Saul, <clears throat> who later has renamed Paul, right? Yes. Who are you, right? Denoting unfamiliarity, as opposed to Cornelius here, knows who the Lord is. Now, of course, a centurion is mentioned multiple times in, in other places in Scripture, mm -hmm. right? Especially through the Gospels. It's not definitive on if it's the same centurion or not, right? Yes. yes. But even if you go back to, we'll just say, Luke chapter 7, mm -hmm. right? The, the centurion, a centurion is mentioned, right? In Capernaum. Uh, Capernaum being on the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee, right? Yes. So a little further north than... The area that we're talking about now, Caesarea, and which isn't, I'll say, it's on the coast, but it's north of Joppa, where um, Peter was, and where Cornelius sent his servants, right? Yes. But even if we, we read that account um, in Luke chapter 7, actually, could, could you do that? Let's read the, can I get a volunteer to read the first uh, nine verses? I'll read it. Or 10 verses. Now, when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. 
and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one from for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he doesn't. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have never found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. Okay. So just in that section of scripture, what do we understand? That the centurion had faith and was able to believe that believe what the Lord was able to do even though he wasn't there physically. Okay. So he's a man of faith. And that he was, they considered he was deserving because he loved the Jews and their nation. Okay. And what else? That also is a similarity with Acts chapter 10. Said he was generous. Right? In Luke 7, it says that this centurion built them a synagogue in the place where they were standing. Right? Yes. So yes. It was he who built us this synagogue. Well, I mean, that's that's costly. Let's also consider just some of the, I'll say, natural human factors, right? Rome was an occupier of Israel at the time. So just there's already some uh, strain on the relationship, right? Yes. There's natural strain. They were, I'll say, servants, if you will. They were still living their, the, the Jews and people of Israel were still living their lives, but they didn't have freedom to just come and go, right? There were constraints put on them by Roman authorities, right? Yes. Yes. So we have to acknowledge those things. So in the reality of just human nature, right? Mm-hmm. What benefit, natural, natural perspective, what benefit did it have Cornelius to do any of those things? None. He clearly came to a place or was at a place where he just believed the Lord and had faith in him, which denotes a relationship. Now, if it's the same one, we do see a a change, uh, if you will, right? A couple of them. One is the first one, he went to Jesus himself, right? As you could say, an intercessor for his servant. If it's the same one, it's not clear, right? Mm -hmm. But then when it came to him, right? For another man, he sent his servant because it's also faith, because that's what he was told to do, right? Yes. Faith and obedience. Yes. And what did the Lord tell him to, if it was the same one, tell the centurion to do in Luke chapter 7? Just return home. It's already healed, right? Yes. Because yes. that was also his petition request. Like, hey, just say the word. I already know it's a done deal, right? Yes. yes. So you see his faith the centurion's faith in action in Luke 7. But you also see Cornelius' faith in action here in Acts 10. 
and is very similar, right? Yes. So, like all the things that they're describing about Cornelius appear to be very similar to what is described in Luke 7. And it's not the only place that um, that account occurs in the Gospels, right? Uh, It's in Matthew, it's in um, other places in Luke as well. Uh, Matthew 8, it's there. And um, so just just so we're aware, right? But yes. Um, so so the listeners can search out the scriptures, or you can search out the scriptures in your own time and and understand the more of what's said about the centurion, right? But yes. just for us to understand, uh, I'll say, even if it is the same one, you see the growth, that relationship with the Lord, the faith in the Lord developed. It, again, if it's the same one, if not. If it's a different person, there clearly was a relationship from a personal standpoint, which is what the Lord desires of all of us, so much so that this individual, Cornelius, was willing to just send his trusted soldier and two of his servants yes, to do exactly what the Lord had instructed him to do. But then not only that, we read, uh, or we will read in the next section, how he literally prepared his whole household and gathered them together in preparation for Peter's arrival. Yes. And for what yes. the Lord was about to do. Because it says that he had his prayers and alms had come up to the Lord, right? So yes. there were things that he was requesting of the Lord. And there was clearly faith that the Lord was going to answer them completely. We don't know what they are were exactly, right? Yes. But yeah. that's a, I'll say a, a testament to him, but also an example to us about his faith being in action, right? And f- I'll say completing, fulfilling all the steps, all the things that the Lord was instructing him to do in order for him, as we'll, we'll get to, and his whole family to receive. Well, just... um Yet again, as in the last um, podcast, you know, as we share, um, it allows us each to uh, have an, a more expansive view. So regardless of whether they were the same, mm-hmm. um, and, and you might be able to help some, provide some clarity in this. So when we talk about psychological operations, to typically referred to as psyops. Uh, I met a guy the other day who was um, involved in psyops, was doing some work at his house. Um, when you occupy a region, mm-hmm. do you want the um, those that are there that you've gone to occupy, do you want them to continue in their practices and their government and their beliefs, or are you trying to influence them to adopt to and adapt to your government, your beliefs and values? Well, um, given, uh, I'll say, the strategy of, of the military in places, you know, like Iraq and Afghanistan, the whole counterinsurgency piece, so it was always put out to win the hearts and minds, right? Right. So, what did Rome do when they went in? They, they had very, they were, from a worldly sense, they were pretty smart. Absolutely. They didn't, they didn't go in and occupy a place and try to kill everybody that was insurgent. They came and tried to influence them in such a manner to say, look at how wonderful our government is. It empowers the people, and you should embrace this, and we want to live this out, right? That is a, that's a, is a potential, right? The 
Take modern day stuff like dig wells and all those things. Absolutely, people. I'm not saying that they were just wonderful any means, but they were wise in their approach to try to win over the people. Even was their hearts and minds. It was their beliefs, or Mm -hmm. I say beliefs. It was their um, willingness to embrace it that it really wasn't that bad. At least, right? But there, there was there was there was intentional. There should have been intentional influence, and yet here we clearly have people that were influenced by the culture that they were in. What a testament to the culture that they were in and what that was doing to influence them. So just interesting thinking about wonder what was going on in that region. Obviously, there was a, there was a, a large swelling, and we know that um, mm-hmm. uh, nobody comes to the Lord except for the movement of the Holy Spirit in them, right? That nobody would boast. Amen. So obviously the Holy Spirit was moving in these people, but in the people in the community in which they were, so much so that they were so influenced that they wanted to embrace this. Just well, on both both ends, right? For both, whether it was that centurion, whether Cornelius was the centurion that met Jesus, or it was a different one, right? But in both cases, the report is that they were liked by everyone, right, in the whole nation. Right and, and the gospels they were liked and by all the elders and there was evidence of that absolutely clear evidence that they were seeking to follow God is absolutely right so so in just if you were to look at say well, we were discussing say counterinsurgency as the example and occupying there's the element and aspect of sure you're going to do things or a nation's going to do things the occupiers are going to do things that are there to kind of win over the hearts and minds of people but it also becomes a game of Let's see what we can get out of them. Where that was n- not necessarily the case here. It was like, hey, this person is for us. I understand who they are and who they represent, but they are actually here to bless and benefit us. And they recognize that. And I, I don't know that that's a... It's got to be sincere and genuine. I don't, th- you can, I don't know that you can um, actually establish that long-term, if you will, if it's not sincere. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm trying to point out is what I believe. Again, the scripture doesn't say it, but what right. I believe is is that this was completely opposite of what would have been the norm exactly. for Roman operations when they go into Occupy region. So it speaks pretty highly to the influence he initially felt mm-hmm. when he came into that area so that he lost focus, and instead of carrying out his mandate of influencing them for the betterment of Rome, he became influenced by them. Mm-hmm. So much so that they all recognized him as a devout one, and then all the other manifestation that comes from that. Again, the scriptures don't say it. It's sure. something to consider and ponder. And then what I would do is bring all that up, as, as we were saying, just wrap a bow around it. The bow around that would be, what do our lives reflect? That's it. That, that, we, would, that we would have and be such an influence on others that those who came in with military might, with the intention to take us over and win us over to their way of life, were so deeply influenced that they succumb to our way of life through the Holy Spirit and, and you know, the God doing his work in Amen. them, but that we would be instruments of that and use that as a barometer for our own lives. Where are we? And, and if not, how can we draw closer to the Lord so that he can direct us and lead us into that. Absolutely. Uh, do And I love that. Do our lives reflect the Lord in us? Our, our relationship with him? Or is it just words? Right? Is it just nice sayings or Christianese? Right? We, we know the terminology and, and we're, we're throwing that out there to 
I'll say ward off people that, that don't have that relationship or might question our relationship with the Lord, or is it evident? Is our relationship with the Lord evident in the lives of all? Everyone we come in contact with, does it matter? That's being salt and light. So in other words, our, our actions, our deeds, corroborating, right? Yes. What the words are that we are speaking. Or are they in opposition? And if they are in opposition, let's repent and bring that into alignment with the Lord. And get back on the track. And, and by the track, I mean the destiny track that he has for us. So there's a lot there. So let's pause. And um, with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for revealing your vision to us, Lord, so that we're able to walk in it with you, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for making it that we're able to influence others, Lord, and just making it that we're able to bring more people to the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.